we are going to move now to the preaching of God's Word. Uh, my wife, Kim, is going to come and read our text. If you have your Bible, open it up to Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 25. Matthew 11, starting in verse 25. This is the reading of God's Word, Matthew eleven twenty-five through 30. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your glorious will. All things have been handed over to me my by Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and to anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is God's word. Amen. This is God's word. So let's look back at verse 25 as we start here this morning, okay? I want you to pay attention to what Jesus is doing here. What he's doing is he's creating a contrast. See if you can look at the text. Look at the text. Don't look at me. Look at the text. And where is the contrast? He's creating an intentional contrast. Do you guys see it? Autumn, do you see it? Taylor, Emmers? What's the contrast? You can say it, Kim, if you want to. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. So we have the wise, and one translation says the learned. Uh, my translation says, um, let's see, wise and understanding. Um, you could another translation might be the wise and the the educated, the wise and those with lots of letters behind their names. Um, he's drawing a distinct contrast. The wise and the learned are those that are self-sufficient. They deem themselves as having it all together. They are self-sufficient, sufficient in themselves. And there's that group of people, and then there's another group of people, those who are needy, those who are dependent, those who recognize, I need to be taught. I don't have it all together. I don't have all the answers. Based on the immediate context of chapter 11, think about what we talked about last week. Those who were not willing to have their expectations of the, of the Messiah adjusted. Those who were not willing to have expectations of John the Baptist adjusted. Think about what we talked about last week. It seems like Matthew is talking about those kind of people. Those, when he speaks, are just like, nope, sorry. It reminds me, like as a teacher, um, I know there's probably other teachers, my wife's a teacher, um, other teachers that are listening in. One of the most frustrating things as a teacher is when you're trying to teach something and people that are listening clearly demonstrate that they just really don't have anything to learn. And the point that we're going to see Jesus make this morning and that he made last week too is that if you if you demonstrate that you really just don't have anything to learn from Jesus Jesus will move on from you he will move on from you 
If you don't listen, they'll just move on. Those kind of people sometimes are what what we call uh, the well actually people. Do you know any well actually people? It's like you're trying to teach something and the response always is, well actually, like that can be, like actually, no, you're, you're really off track here. Um, let me educate the educator. Well actually, um, that can be a little defeating if you're trying to teach something, right? We're having some uh, some glances from one to another in, in the room this morning. Um, like, if you don't believe what I'm talking about, then, then why am I here? Would be the perspective of a teacher. And then you might just need to move on. Right? That's the point. The wise and the understanding, the wise and the learned, the wise and the super educated that Jesus has in mind are the well actually people. And Jesus just says that those who respond like that, I will move on from them. But in reality, in reality, it's a step further. Look at the text. Look at the text. What does it say? It says the father has hidden these things from those people. You see that in the text? Lord of heaven and earth, verse 25, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the understanding. Meaning this is an act of judgment. If your heart is hard, if you have no ears to hear, if you don't want to listen, you, you just won't have access to Jesus. Jesus will move on from you. But what does it say? It says Jesus doesn't move on. He doesn't remove himself from the other group of people. And what is the metaphor he uses here? It's little children. He says, Father, I thank you that you moved on from those that have it all together, that put all their hope in, in their training, in, their, in, their, in the letters behind their name. And in fact, you've revealed yourself to those who have no training, to those who have not been to school, to those who the world looks at and goes, them, really? What do they have to offer? And the metaphor he uses is little children. So, so why would Jesus use the metaphor of little children as a picture of those who get to receive good news from God? That get to experience the, the presence of Jesus, the promises of God. We've got a lot of parents uh, in the room. Actually, not in the room right now. Uh, we have two. We have two parents in the room right now. I'm reverting back to uh, my Sunday morning way of speaking normally, but we have a lot of parents that are watching right now and participating. And even and if maybe if your kids are grown, you still can remember what are little children like. For the most part, they are not self-sufficient. For the most part, they are. They are more physically weak than adults. They get tired easily. I remember there was uh, a trip that we took with my boys many years ago, uh, and we were climbing up a mountain. We've done that a lot. Um, and Emery was really small, and he got really tired. And he wasn't like, hey, Dad, I'm good. I got this all together. Like, what? No, you don't need to help me. Pfft, whatever. No, he was like, hey, can you carry me? And so I, uh, I, I, we rigged up, like I didn't have any, I mean, he was beyond, you know, like the, 
age of like the baby Bjorn or whatever. I was going <laughs> to strap him to my chest, but that would have been cool. But I did strap him to my back and we rigged up a coat. So it would be like a little, like a little sling or a little hammock on my back that we put Emmers in. And um, he wasn't like scoffing at that. He was aware of his need that this climbing this mountain was over his head. And, um, and we made it. Little children are oftentimes very ready to ask for help. Dad, can you help me fix this or that? Dad, can you help me get dressed? Dad or mom, can you help me cut my food? Can you help me? I'm tired. Will you carry me? What else do we say about little children that might apply here? One phrase that comes to mind for me is we say kids are what? Like a sponge. Kids are like a sponge. They soak it all in. They take it all in. Their brains are ready to receive and to learn. You know, oftentimes we get annoyed because kids will, will ask the why, 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 why? Like, why this? Why this? Why that? How come? Da, 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 da. But what does that demonstrate? It demonstrates that they want to learn. They do have ears to hear. They want to understand. And Jesus is saying, this is the kind of person that God loves to interact with. This is who God loves to draw near. This is who God loves to teach. Like when Jesus opens his mouth in the word of God, the question for us is, are you like a sponge? Are you like a little kid that wants to soak it all in? Do you take it all in? Or or do we have the posture of, no, I got this. I got nothing to learn. I'm I'm self-sufficient. I'm good to go. Jesus says, look at verse 26. This is the gracious will of God. In what sense is it gracious to hide from the proud? Look at verse 26. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Well, it's gracious for all those that recognize that they're not wise and learned. They're not wise and understanding. They're not wise and educated. It's gracious because the message here is that you don't have to be all that. You don't have to, quote, measure up in the eyes of the world for God to smile upon you with his grace. That's that's grace. That's graciousness. So if you feel weak, if you feel alone, if you feel that you don't have it all together, take heart. You're now ready to receive. And what does this say? It says God loves to meet those people who can act like little children in how they're willing to receive, how they're willing to listen, how they're willing to be taught. Be encouraged today. You might be in the place today, if you're ready to cast aside all these faux things that are propping us up in our world today that don't, that don't matter, like my education. If you're willing to set that aside and listen to Jesus, you might experience God's power in ways that you never have before. The grace of God only finds those in their weakness, not in their strength. Well, what did Paul say? I mean, this is a theme from cover to cover of the Bible. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, his power, meaning God's power, is made perfect in my weakness. Translation, God's power will never show up in your life until you become like a little child and willing to look up to him and say, I need you to hold me. I need you to carry me. I got nothing. Let's keep reading. Verse 27. 
All things have been handed over to me by my father. All things have been handed over to me by my father. That's a huge statement. Similar to all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. All things have been handed over to me by my father. And no one knows the son except the father. And no one knows the father except the son and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him. So Jesus is just saying, if you want to know God, you have to go through me. If you don't have ears to hear when Jesus speaks, you, you simply can't know the Father, the Father heart of God. You can't know our Heavenly Father without going through Jesus. You have to have, what's the word he uses? Revelation. You have, you have to have God revealed to you by Jesus. See that at the end of verse 27? And no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Can't know the Father heart of God without coming with ears to hear Jesus. So if you have ears to hear Jesus, then you're in the place to know God, to have revelation of God land on you and change your life. That's the whole point. Now here is where Jesus gives us this powerful image. It's a powerful illustration and it's, it's one of the most famous verses in the Bible. But I think we need to be careful because we can translate this or apply it out of context. And we all know that um, a verse out of context can be one of the most harmful things in, in your life, in your Christian faith. And so we need to pay careful attention here to what's going on in the context as we seek to apply this verse to our life. So he just calls out, Jesus calls out now to anyone who wants to listen. And he paints this beautiful picture. Verse 28, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus, the one to whom all authority has been given, think about that, he calls out and he says, come to me, come to me. What, just stop right there. What an invitation for the God of the universe to say that to us. You're free to come if you're willing. Now, stop right now and think of somebody that you really admire. Think of somebody that you really expect. Think of someone that, man, if they were to become your friend, that would really, really be amazing to you. And if that person that you're thinking of right now said to you, man, you've got an open invitation to come and eat in my home anytime. Just show up. You don't even have to, you don't even have, to have a, an invitation. Just come anytime you want. We don't have to schedule it. Just show up and we'll make it work. Would that not seem like a huge blessing or honor to you? I think of our friends who live in Morocco. Or, and I think of the Moroccan citizens that I've met on our trips over there. I, I know for a fact that if the king, they have a king, if the king of Morocco were to give an invitation to them, say, you can come to my palace anytime. And when you show up, I've got a whole staff of people that will feed us and will sit at my table 
and we'll eat the best food that Morocco has to offer and we'll hang out and talk about whatever you want. Come anytime. Like if the king of Morocco said that to a Moroccan citizen or to our friends that, that live there, then that would be mind-blowing. That would be such a huge honor. But think about that. We have the same thing here, but it's not the king of Morocco, it's the king of the universe with this open invitation. He just said that all things have been given to him by the Father. That's all with a capital A. What a statement, right? So I just want to call us, when we hear Jesus call out to anyone who has ears to hear, come to me. Like that's, a, that's an amazing, gracious invitation. Come to me. But then it's, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden. So we think of the, the powerful people calling other powerful people. We think of powerful people calling only the dignified to sit at their table, right? But that's not what Jesus does here. Again, let Jesus rock your categories. The most powerful person in all the universe doesn't call like we would think they would call. Like if you saw the king of Morocco calling the beggars on the street, people would really be freaked out. But that's what our God does. He says those who are weary, those who are heavy laden, meaning those that don't have it all together, those that are super needy. That's the grace of God. Let the grace of God impact you right now. Those who are weary and are heavy laden, what does that mean? It means they're tired. According to Jesus, you should come to him if you find that you're tired. Tired from what? Tired from what? That's a great question. And that's where we have to understand our context here. Historically, so historically, <clears throat> Jewish teachers, the kind of teachers that we're going to see Jesus interact with next week and have a really interesting discussion, these Jewish teachers <clears throat> referred to the Old Testament law as a yoke, oftentimes. A yoke. So what's a yoke? It's not a... You think of egg yolk, right? That's the only time I use the word yolk, right? But there's another sense of the of a yolk. A yolk is a thing that um, people would use in ancient times in an agrarian society to 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 put two animals together. It's like that that cross beam that you would lay over two ox so that they can work together as a team to move something really heavy. Or maybe you've seen <clears throat> somebody in. Um, you know, really old pictures, or you've seen it in movies, someone carrying water with a crossbar over their shoulders and hanging down on each side is maybe two big jugs so that you can use the weight of your shoulders and your body to support um, the water that you're carrying so you don't have to do it all with your hands. That's a yoke that you put over your shoulders. <clears throat> so for... Jesus' time, everybody knew what a yoke was because it's something they would see all the time. <coughs> Excuse me. So the religious leaders of Jesus' day called the Old Testament law a yoke. The Old Testament law was a heavy burden. Like who can keep all of it? Who has the power to measure up to it? Like if you really understood it, it would crush you. So see what Jesus is doing here? 
You see his picture? Come to me, all who are labor and heavy laden. Well, why would you be heavy laden? Because you can't do it. This, this weight is, what you've been hearing of the Old Testament law and these teachers that are in your ancient historical context is what he's saying right now to the original audience. That's heavy. It's really heavy. But he's saying, I can give you rest. He's like, be aware of the weight that you carry. You weren't intended to carry it the way that you've been hearing it from these false teachers. He says, take my yoke, look at it, verse 29. Take my yoke, so contrast. There's the Old Testament teacher's yoke, and then there's my yoke, Jesus says. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Don't learn from them, learn from me. He's drawing a division here. Why? Because I'm gentle, I'm lowly in heart, meaning I'm humble. Those guys are prideful, but I'm humble. Those guys are really wound up about how learned they are. They put all their trust in their, in their education, their degrees. But I'm, I'm humble. And if you come to me, what does it say? You will find rest for your souls. Like a soul rest, that's different than just like, ah, I'm taking a nap and feel rested. A soul rest, Jesus is talking about a deep, eternal kind of rest. Verse 30, look at it. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he's just saying, if you're feeling burdened by heavy law-keeping approach of the Pharisees, where you just got to do more and try harder and hope for the best, maybe God will love me if I just, maybe God will reward me if I just do my best. If that's you, Jesus says, leave that behind and come to me. He says, my way's better. I've got a better way. I will give you rest. What does he say? There's still a yoke. But he says, take my yoke. He said, my yoke's not going to crush you. My, my yoke is a restful yoke. Just have ears to hear is what he says. All you got to do is come to me with ears to hear. Learn from me. See what it says there? Learn from me. That's another way of saying having ears to hear. Not them, ears to hear me. Because I'm gentle, I'm humble. I'm not gonna load you down with burdens that are gonna crush you. They will, but I won't. True rest comes in being with me, taking me upon you. So here's the good news for today. Those who have it all together, they don't need rest. They're like, no, I'm not tired, what? Tired from what? They're good, they're self-sufficient. But those who know their needs, Oftentimes they feel weary. They feel like, man, they know for sure how broken and sinful they are. That can be crushing at times. So Jesus just says, I didn't come for the people that aren't willing to admit and confess that they're needy. I came for those who are what? Like little children. Those who get tired easy. Those who can be burdened easily. Those who know that they're not self-sufficient. So question for us this morning. Different historical context, same heart, same issues. Like, are you tired of trying to get yourself together and manage your sin all on your own, just in the hopes that God will, will smile upon you based on your obedience? Is that wearing you out? Do you feel burdened by a weight of sin and trying to handle that all on your own? Are you, are you trying to put God in your debt? based on your obedience, 
so we can have this transactional relationship. I give you obedience. You give me favor. Is that how we're trying to operate with God? Or do you know that God loves you already in spite of your disobedience? And have you let that grace bring you to an end of yourself and just explode your heart in wonder and awe at the grace of God that makes you then want as a son or a daughter to come to your heavenly father, not like a slave in fear. Here's, here's the beautiful picture that just landed on me this week as I was thinking about this. If you think about a yoke and placing that big bar on your shoulders, I immediately thought of Jesus walking up that hill to be crucified. And in ancient times, when a criminal was crucified, they would put the crossbar of the cross that the criminal was to be crucified on, they would place that on that person's shoulders and they made them carry their own cross to their place of crucifixion. And Jesus put that form of a yoke on himself. That should have been ours to carry. That should have been ours to carry. It's a picture of Jesus placing the judgments, the weight of the law, the weight of our failure to measure up to God's standards. He placed that heavy yoke on himself and he went up to be crucified to bear the weight of the law, to bear the weight of our failure, to bear the weight of God's wrath in our place as the perfect Lamb of God who is the ultimate substitute to takes away the judgment of God on sin. <clears throat> the weight of the law pushing down on us and saying, you'll never measure up, get to work or you stand condemned. He took that away from us and he nailed it to the cross. He took our yoke on himself so that now you can come to him. Not a yoke of pressure, not a, a, a yoke of condemnation, but now Jesus' yoke, like he says here, is a yoke of blessing. It's a, a yoke of God's presence with you. And knowing whatever we carry, Jesus carries it with us and helps us carry it by his power, the Holy Spirit living in us. So that's the message this morning. It's the same as it is every morning. That if you're tired and at the end of yourself, come to Jesus. Repent and believe. At the end of yourself is where you begin. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, thank you for this invitation. It, it's it's mind-blowing to us that the God of the universe would come to us and say, you're free, you're free to come to me. Lord, would you um, help us have eyes to see and ears to hear this morning that we would not um, fail under a, a yoke or weight of condemnation for failing to measure up, but we'd be willing to admit how tired we are <clears throat> and now come to you. May that be the Christianity that we put on display. Not a Christianity of having it all together, but a Christianity of, you know what? I'm needy. May that be what the world sees. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat>